Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase.
Hello, you're tuned into 199 Radio, and it's Tuesday, which means that every other week you're listening to my favourite labels with me, Gareth Main. We Every time we have a show, I bring along a guest from one of my favourite record labels, and this week I'm joined by Doug Shipton of Finders Keepers Records. Hey. Hello, hello. How are you doing? Very well, thank you for having me, mate. Yeah, and I think one of the uh, key components of this week's show is going to be mispronunciation of names. Absolutely. Back, uh, back in show one, I was talking about how it was really nice having the record labels in the studio because my mispronunciation of names would be corrected or I could just lay it on them. But No, 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 not today. So <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll revel in our ignorance uh, revel in our ignorance so finders keepers is a record label that uh, showcases music from around the world how would you describe it we used to tag it as uh, an accidental world label but um i think we've moved on from there to be honest now I, i'd i'd struggle to to pigeonhole it myself i always uh, like to hear other people's opinions on it but uh, <laughs> Yeah, I would struggle to give you a definitive answer. How would you describe it? Well, uh, turning turning the tables, I would I would describe I it like eclectic to a degree of madness. I mean, mm. I was just listening to some of like your uh, recent releases, and there's you know there's jazz in there, but there's you know stuff like we've just listened to. There's Italo disco. There's you know all sorts of stuff. There's weird electronic. Well, I'll, I'll say odd electronics and experimental electronics. Lots of Italian library music, yeah. which are one of the few labels really excelling in that. I would say, yeah, I would hesitate to say world, which is why I'm happy that you mentioned it. <laughs> well, I think uh, we, we, we've oh, I think we've surpassed 200 records. So I'd be surprised if there weren't a genre that someone couldn't uh, pin on that sort of uh on that board to be honest and it's um you, well when we mentioned when we we're chatting just before we came on air, i mentioned eclectic and you were like well it's not really not to me not to me no no absolutely i think um that's 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 the hard part really if you say if you do try to pigeonhole it um there's no prerequisite for a finders keepers release it's just an extension of our personalities our record collections yeah um the just happens to need labeling to go on racks yeah <laughs> i think that's that's the best way because when we first uh described ourselves as an accidental world label world music sort of actually existed but i don't think it does so much these days it's almost an offensive term yeah in some circles it's almost a sort of a, a catch-all just dismissive tag that people put anything that isn't western music absolutely yeah absolutely and the world's a lot smaller place now thanks to labels like yours thanks to the internet yeah well there's so many labels at it these days there's no no stone unturned but uh, it's good it keeps everybody on their toes <laughs> and we opened the uh, with uh, one of the as saying before that it was really hard to think of the first release that i actually came across of finders keeper so i pulled out this one which was mayor puya first mispronunciation uh, that's close Fischer. enough yeah. I'd, I'd agree with you on that one the track called soul ragger released 2009 it was uh, i've got a 45 with me here today but it was on a compilation was that on pomegranate absolutely yeah it was so a, 2009 that would have been yeah it was we were sort of four years in then so that was compiled by our lady in the states uh, massa tahinia who um, as you might have gathered by yeah her exotic name is of Iranian descent, uh, and that's uh, a compilation that's very close to her heart. There's a lot of artists on there that she uh, she grew up listening to, and uh, it seems to have struck a chord, to be honest. It's uh, definitely one of our most popular 
popular ones that you've done well absolutely yeah it seems to sort of resonate i think the things uh, the thing with uh finders keepers releases is they're not um they don't really have uh, any kind of immediacy to them they're, they're they're all slow burners and that's what i love uh most about the label is the fact that we don't have to jam it down people's throats we can just put something out and they have a life of their own people discover them uh, as and when and uh as I say, when you came, we were discussing earlier, you were saying you came across that about the same time Yamasuki. Yeah, Yamasuki, sort of which I closed last radar. week's show with, yeah. Absolutely, and they were they were a good four years apart, those releases, so that's sort of very indicative of what I'm saying, is like you find a record on Finders Keepers that pricks your ears, gets you all excited, and then just to sort of uh, skip back for a couple of years, and there's there might be something else in there that gets your juices flowing. Yeah, and I'm sure anyone hearing that track for the first time just now will be well, a bit of a contrast to the last show that was just on but it's like they would be saying that sounds fairly fresh even though it was recorded what 70s presumably that yeah absolutely you know early, early mid 70s there's a timelessness of a lot of that sort of older older stuff that you unearth from you know japan in the case of yamasuki or oh, oh was it not oh, oh, french dear, it's belgian belgian oh, it's all the same japan belgium france all the same right no, well, <laughs> all, all world music isn't it well is it we we actually um we we, we sort of uh, facilitated um that getting that music used in an advert in australia and they actually asked me for a breakdown of all the lyrics yeah uh, to make sure there's nothing offensive in there and whatnot and i went to um the chaps in Belgium, and um, they came back to tell me it's all gobbledygook, it's all made up. Okay. Uh, which goes to, yeah, sort of show you how Japanese that record actually is. <laughs> um, so you were talking about, uh, so on the subject of not shoving stuff down our throats, uh, what's the next release that you've got for us? Oh, the next release or the next song we're going to play? The next song we're going to play, I thought that was a new release. Oh, it's coming, but it's not the latest, so... Um, it's actually, uh, I figured we might as well start hard and go in with uh, something that's, uh, I'm very excited about. It's actually our 100th release Ooh. and we're going back to our roots and um, releasing what is arguably the rarest or the last Serge Gansberg, Jean-Claude Vanier rarity, uh, the previously unreleased score for The Road to Kathmandu. I'm not going to try and pronounce it in French. <laughs> you can if you like. You've um, only just learned how to say Jean-Claude Vanier, well, right? Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, but So this um, this was feared lost for many, many, many years. Uh, recently uh, was discovered in uh, a suitcase in the cupboard of Jean-Claude's old copyist um, who had sadly died and his daughter going through his possessions came across the tapes with Jean-Claude's name on it. Um, Julie returned them to him, and lo and behold, it's uh, the long lost master tapes to this amazing, amazing score. All right, let's hear it. I'm, I'm excited. I, you know, I'm a big Jean Claude Vanier fan, so let's, no, do, let's do it. it.
not bad for coming out of a suitcase, right? Exactly, yes. Um, Sounds like Jean-Claude Vanier. And have you uh, dared to have a go at that, that title? Um, or that particular one. Uh, you can go first if you want. Le Chemin de Kamandou. Yeah, I think that's uh, much better than I'm going to manage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my uh, French is not uh, of its best, but... Uh, yeah, absolutely wonderful, like, and very classic Vanier. Absolutely, yeah, just that big, thick, pick, plucked bass, shall I say. Yeah. Yeah, unmistakable, so we're, we're very, very happy to, to finally get that one out there. <laughs> Um, I was going to say eagle-eared listeners, but eagle-eared isn't actually a phrase, is it? It's uh, definitely eagle-eyed. What, what do you say for people who are listening carefully? Eagle, eagle-eared listeners would... Bored people, bored people who are tuned into this show right now. Um, no, because you were you mentioned earlier that you're over 200 releases now, and that this Jean-Claude Vanier one is release number 100. Uh, FKR 100. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And exactly. uh, when when is it out? That one is uh, October 20th. That so. one. Um, but actually, uh, as I said, that represents. Finders Keepers number 100, but we've got a, a whole slew of sub-labels um, that we just use to carry our sort of weird, misguided faith in <laughs> whatever we uh, we see fit really to put out. We've got a sort of uh, a cacophonic, um, uh, which I've got a couple of tracks tonight to play with yourself. Um, we deal with avant-garde. Uh, free jazz experimental sort of off the wall academic pop it's yeah simple simple question um mm. why 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 the uh, variety of uh sub labels as opposed to just chucking it all under the finders keepers name i think we try to keep finders keepers um as as clean as we possibly could because we as i said when I sort of mention Finders Keepers as an extension of our personalities and our record collections, it's abundantly true in all senses, especially the fact that we buy, listen, DJ so much music. Um, to put it all out under Finders Keepers, I think, would kind of muddy the water a little bit. Mm -hmm. It would become a bit confusing uh, to pick and choose between the releases, I think. Uh, I'm, I'm well aware that we sort of on one end of the spectrum you have say Czech new wave avant-garde baroque soundtracks crashing against all kind of electro uh india it's bollywood and mm -hmm. lollywood so in order just to try and make it a bit easier to for people to understand what they're necessarily picking up what they're what they sort of intend to buy i guess um we try to sort of put, give them a little home as it were so I try to struggle to think how many labels we got these days. Cash Cash, we deal with electro pop. Um, so say Cacophonic is our jazz avant-garde label. Bird is all femme pop and psych. Mostly contemporary as well, isn't it? For uh, Bird, right? Yeah, it was. Um, it's at the home of Jane Weaver yeah. um, and uh, the likes of Emma Tricker. Uh, but we, there are some some older titles. We did that Cloud there. Cuckoo Land. That was a compilation on Bird, wasn't no, it? No, that was, was um, a, a German. Uh, label called um oh now you've got me uh, blah, 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 oh i can't believe you've done me <laughs> that's <laughs> it it's that uh, hard-nosed journ uh, journalism i beg your pardon there you go i, said, I was wearing the t-shirt the other day yeah, yeah cuckoo being cuckoo uh, but that was actually yeah, just sort of loads of hairy german kraut rock um that appeared on finest keepers but thing is i've got a kind of a rain man thing going on when it comes to catalog numbers so yeah. 
uh, because I deal uh, also with, uh, as a homegrown kind of cottage industry, we, we tend to deal with a lot of export and licensing ourselves as well. So uh, kind of, apart from the names, obviously, I know it yeah. all inside out. <laughs> and um disposable music as well as like, yeah, the library that was music stuff. our own homegrown library label yeah we we sort of would commission some of the contemporary artists as well as the old that we work with sam and the plants uh we had prefuse 73 do a side of a record jane weaver of course um oh, and then we in the latter series we did sort of draft in the likes of pierre raff and there was some bruno spurdy yeah. stuff on there um well done on the pronunciation there thank you i was i had to slow down for that one um <laughs> just trying to think dead cert of course is a an imprint that we run with uh sean canty of demdikes there uh under the boomcat umbrella which is uh you've got to hear it to believe it that's quite out there that stuff uh definitely on a modern love tip but um I don't know, have we got any more labels? I can't oh, remember. Probably, yeah. <laughs> well, you would know, right? <laughs> um, so they're all sort of distinguished, sort of uh, distinctive is the word I'm looking for. Absolutely, sort of distinctive yeah. sounding, but all under the Finders Keepers umbrella, Absolutely, if you like. sure. So, you know, you get fans who are fans of the label who, you know, will go for everything, but then presumably there's people who just go for the series or the individual Just to make it a bit easy. But then we do throw another odd shape at you by having uh series within the individual <laughs> labels like no no years for a lot of the sort of 60s french um anti yeah yeah sounds some yeah. of the, the, the heavier sort of more psychedelic trip type stuff we've got the sounds of wonder which deals with a lot of the lollywood gear and um the the collywood sounds Ilya raja uh, Anatolian Invasion, yeah, uh, which Zelda kicked off for us, and we have a new edition actually coming up this year, which uh, I'll play as a track later on. But yeah, I'm dizzy now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, why don't you give us a give us a track from one of the sub sub labels to show the distinction? Okay, yeah. Well, uh, well, next one, I guess. Uh, seeing as it's out on Friday, um, we might as well. Um, play the uh, track off the upcoming Francois Tusk's album Free Jazz Thank you. 
So yeah, completely, uh, completely different again, right? Uh, some sort of uh, oddball jazz. I'm gonna go with. Uh, well, I'd say it's a uh, well oddball free jazz. Free it's, jazz. Um, essentially, the record that started the movement, really. Um, very or the jazz movement. The free jazz movement. Okay. Um, a very seminal record from Francois Tursks, who uh, we're very proud to have in the Finders Keepers family. Um, I say like we, we talk a lot, lot about Jean Claude and Bruno Spurdy and and whatnot, and it's uh, a great uh, it's a great pride that we sort of are able to sort of accommodate them and have been able to accommodate them for so many years. Like Jean Claude's been with us since day one. Now what 2004 we've been working with him. Bruno I think was a sixth release, and that was the same year 2005. Uh, that record finally came out. So, and Francois Tusk, um, I think this is about a fourth or fifth record with him. So, how, so how do you like go about finding these people? Like, you know, so obviously a lot of what you did is sort of pre-internet or pre-mass internet in a way, and sort of finding a lot of people who, you know, were producing music decades ago must be nigh on impossible for a mere mortal like me, right? So, how do you sort of go about finding? these people or digging well, these things out we had yeah i guess nowadays it's a bit easier uh sort of even like i think a lot of the guys you'd even find on facebook uh, i know um gotchen kainartan is a, a a turkish musician we uh, i've been working with this year um i know he's all over facebook these days so he's very easy to track down but before um i had out my ways i had a few contacts <laughs> sort of behind the scenes yeah in sort of various uh, music industry sort of capacities like MCPS, PRS, who could put us in touch overseas. Um, and as a journalist, at that, sorry, as a, a PR at the time, uh, I had the, the fortune to know a few journalists sort of around the world who had personal relationships with a lot of artists. I remember tracking down Jacques de Trunk through um, some French writers that I knew because uh, he was practically impossible to find. But how, um, obviously, like, trying to find these people, you need to know what you're looking for in the first instance. And if you've got, you know, people like uh, uh, Bruno Spreri, which that is mispronounced, you know, someone like that is not as well-renowned as other people, you know? So it's like, how do you know to dig those sorts of well, you out? Well, it's a bit of a misnomer. Like, when you say not, uh, not as renowned... Um, you're kind of looking at it from a very uh, through Anglo glasses yeah. to an extent. It's uh, I think Bruno is a well, uh, I, I, again. I, I know you won't sort of being disrespectful about it, but Bruno is a big, big name. I love in Br Switzerland. You know I love Bruno. So. No, no, of course, you know. of course. But because uh, this is the, um, the 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 lesson we uh, were always humbled by, basically, is um, no matter of how excited we get about something that's brand new to us it's always old hat to somebody else yeah. so it's foolhardy to think oh yeah this is going to be impossible or this is this is unique to us it's especially uh, when we were dealing with some of the early turkish releases i don't think any of us really expected to understand how or begin to comprehend how big some of these artists were and um i say we got a track from from Zelda queued up at the moment. I remember going to meet her in Istanbul at the time, um, and that took us a long, long time to track her down. She actually 
made she went to great lengths to convince us she was dead um <laughs> by sending us these really cryptic faxes back and it was a chance encounter in a manchester nightclub uh with a couple of girls that um presented us an opportunity to meet her manager uh, it was one of these girls mums yeah uh and then sort of it went from there but when we got to istanbul just she's just huge people kissing her feet giving her flowers in the street and uh what we approached is just this this crazy wild uh, random record is is very dear to a lot of people and very important in yeah. Turkish culture. Am I, um, am, am I right in saying that Selda was um, maybe not expelled, but certainly a um, asylum seeker, like pushed out of Turkey because of like political content of her songs? Quite the opposite. She were, she had a passport taken off of her. She was imprisoned. She was actually um, booked to play the first WOMAD mm -hmm. um, and was unable to attend because her passport had been taken from her and WOMAD actually petitioned quite successfully to get it returned to her. But after the sort of political shift in Turkey in the 80s, it, it kind of all got a bit hairy for some of these guys. Uh, the music became very political and Zelda, as a folk singer, sort of uh, embodies the, 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 the spirit of... Uh, the traditional folk singer all around the world they're, they're protests they sing about ordinary life about ordinary people and uh, sadly it sort of rubbed the wrong people up the wrong way alright shall we give it a listen what's yeah. this track um, oh after you you can pronounce it <laughs> we'll get we'll give some practice over the next few <laughs> minutes right
So there we have it, Selda. The uh, the record that started it all, almost in a way. In terms uh, of oh, what... I'd have to take umbrage with you on that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's just uh, Vanier for me all the way. Yeah. I did, we were talking, I guess, the other week about sort of my favorite Finders Keepers release, and absolutely, still one hundred percent. FKR001, Jean-Claude oh. Vanier. It's all been downhill since then, right? Well, <laughs> it's been a long downhill, if that's the yeah, case. 100, 100 records later. 12 years down the line. <laughs> Jesus. So, Selda, uh, like, so she pretended to be dead. To she, us, uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, no, not just generally. <laughs> not in general, like. no. So, how, um, so, we were talking a little bit about, um, obviously, you find sort of local people who know this stuff. And do you sort of have, um, is it a case that you have a sort of series of scouts in Turkey and places like that who are just like feeding you information of like, here is this music you should be listening to or? No, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that there's necessarily any hard and fast rule for, for each release. Um, Andy um, picked up the Zelda record in Sweden um, some years before, um, and before we'd even started the label. Yeah and it just kind of been marinating with him and as i say it was just that chance meeting in a nightclub which that, nightclub is this in manchester that oh, you would meet managers i, of I wouldn't of... want to uh give andy's uh game away oh right okay There's his a... wife might be listening <laughs> they meet uh managers of turkish uh, <laughs> turkish folk singers no i want to say because uh, oh, there's there's been all sorts to be honest yes people um do sort of bring us releases sometimes um chris menace who you are going to be having in in a few weeks yep. if i'm not mistaken um, paradise bangkok first approached us uh, when he was based in lahore um he had connections with emi pakistan and we worked with him on those records and then the subsequent tie-dye and um uh sarang santi 45 that amazing iron man cover that mm -hmm. that you might know um, Massa Tahinia, who's been with us from day one, uh, when she was based in New York, she's now in LA. She runs the Mount Analog Record Shop. Okay, no, um, in LA. In LA, yep. Yeah. She um, obviously Iran being her heritage would, is was a perfect person to put it together and um, impeccable taste, <laughs> as as all the extended Finders Keepers family have. Um, and I guess that's always been, I think, I would say the root of our success is um, safety in numbers, if you will. Yeah. As, as a huge crew, as a huge family, that sort of exchange of knowledge and understanding um, sort of speaks wonders, really. It, it, it shines through in everything we do. We don't profess to be an authority. Um, I don't know if you've ever noticed that when we do compilations, we're very careful not to um, tag them the best of. Yeah, yeah. They're a best of because it's from a perspective. Mm -hmm. And um, we wouldn't dream of sort of telling, sort of trying to sell people back their own culture. This is just our interpretation, yeah. our understanding. It's not this is the definitive you don't need to dig any further in this area we've we've Absolutely. nailed it with this compilation what well, you also got to think if you um if you look back at the early finders keepers records uh, those releases were entirely informed by our record bags yeah. and what we were digging at the time and all of those releases with a few exceptions were dance floor orientated and as the label progressed and uh, as sort of our reputation grew, we just got bolder really with the sub labels and with 
the more sort of risky releases. Um, but again, that's all sort of indicative of our MO. We don't really have a plan as such. We don't choose releases based on how we us thinking they're going to sell a bucket load or change the face of the scene. We just put out things that we like and hope other people will like and uh, and that's what keeps it humbling and super fresh the fact that people still support us still buy our records and believe in what we do and sort of afford us the opportunity to carry on and and keep being weird basically yeah keep being weird <laughs> so on. Um, i'm going to um so i'd like to play a couple of tracks where uh, sort of inspired me a little bit like i've been inspired by the label finders keepers uh-huh. the bag can especially um that's obviously mispronounced as well with the bash can so the bash can and um, that's probably wrong as well yeah. to be <laughs> but that sort of turkish i think you know to talk about how ahead i mean that record recorded 1970s as well perhaps uh, yeah it would have been mid mid 70s you know and i'm going to play something now that was released this year uh, this is a day yildrum and group shimshek and just notice how similar in a way it sounds despite being recorded 40 odd years later uh, this uh, this track was released uh, this year on um the disc bongo joe uh sweet bongo swiss, joe yeah swiss yeah, swiss, yeah it's uh, an swiss amazing lady. shop in, uh, in oh, Geneva, if you ever get a chance to go. So you know more, way more about this than I do. Um, anyway, this uh, track is called 3223.
you're tuned into 199 Radio and listening to my favourite labels with me, Gareth Main, and Doug Shipton of Finders Keepers Records. Uh, that track, 3223, from Derya Yildrim and Group Shimshek, carrying on the mispronunciation, is the theme <laughs> of this week's show. It's, uh, yeah, just a Turkish-inspired uh, London-based, I think. No, uh, no, no, they're quite spread out. So Deria yeah. is actually, um, she's a, a German-born Turk. Okay. Uh, an amazing oud player. I've, I've seen her live a couple of times. Uh, she, she's a, an amazingly accomplished singer as well. Very, very good. Um, hopefully we're going to see some more from them soon. As I say, they've been pretty busy on the um, European festival circuit over the summer. I did see, catch them in um, Romania actually um, a couple of months back and incredible as always yeah so um, yeah orchestra du mont plaisant is the um, band of well three members at least in oh there's yeah at least three or four but they uh, oh god the masters of all trades jacks of none um yeah. they, they've put out records under so many guys his group mushnik okay graham mushnik i beg your pardon um uh, all out on catapult records their own label they were based um out east uh, east london uh, but moved back to france um oh, for whatever reason i guess the rent got too much living out of shortage <laughs> yeah so uh, the grim northeast london right so we got it so we got it here it it's, is today it's miserable outside but in the studio it's still as hot as it's ever it's warm in it, here yeah it's the, the, the warming glow that's it the finest keepers records <laughs> And um, you were talking as well a little bit about uh, sort of the similarities in sort of Turkish music and the scales used and... Yeah, absolutely. When uh, I don't think it's by accident uh, or, or as deliberate uh, as some people might think that this... Um, uh, this sort of backward leaning sound, I think it's, if anything, it's just steeped in uh, tradition, a very strong folk tradition in Turkish music. Uh, that you we only really saw sort of come to prominence in the sort of late mid to late sixties, early seventies, when Western influences started creeping in. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a very famous date, which I can't quite remember. I believe it's June 1966. Uh, was uh, the uh, inaugural Golden Microphone Competition, which took its cues from a lot of the other competitions that were going on in Italy. Bulgaria, the Golden Orpheus, um, Orpheus should I say, in Russia at the time, where they were taking local acts, variety acts, uh, and kind of like mini Eurovision song contests, and they were borrowing from different styles and genres from all over Europe. And this was essentially the birthplace of Anatolian rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, the likes of Cem Karasha. Barish Manjo had already been around, but was really starting to cement his name. Um, Erkin Koray, people like this. And then from there, it sort of progressed into Turkish psychedelic music. But essentially all they were doing were adding electric instruments to a traditional Turkish sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, and say a lot of the Zelda tracks are sort of traditional folk songs. Um, the next track we're going to play is actually... Um, by a chap who we've been working with recently who wasn't actually at the first wasn't actually the first golden microphone but a group of his students won it a group called Silhouetta Um, and he's a very very important figure but a very unknown entity in Turkish rock music um, with a 
deep, deep distrust of the music industry, kept himself on the sidelines throughout the 70s and 80s, was working within Turkish television, doing a lot of the background music, a lot of the beds, was an in-house kind of uh, one-man band for, for some of the, the more popular talk, talk shows at the time, uh, but has the most amazingly rich library of proto-electronic uh, just crazy disco it's 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 tough to to pin down really but basically he went from a very arduous band life of touring and sort of constant lineup changes to basically checking it all in getting himself a maestro drum machine getting himself uh, a radio oscillator that he found as a young lad on mm -hmm. a on a tip and becoming his own band really and uh, so he went from being Gotchen Kainarten and Friends to Gotchen Kainarten and Electronics. Okay. So uh, in those 30, 40 years in the wilderness, just recorded relentlessly at home. No one's been able to get anywhere near it in all that time uh, until he opened the door to us, basically. Oh, right. it was, uh, you were specifically knocking, just waiting for the Finders Keepers guys to... Uh, yeah. yeah, I would say... It wasn't uh, as easy as that, but uh, yeah, it's, it's it's great to be able to finally sort of present him back uh, to to the world, really. Yeah, uh, nicer than uh, easier than finding a manager in a nefarious club in Manchester, right? Uh, well, it wasn't the manager; it was the daughter oh. of the manager. So you can uh, draw whatever conclusions you want from that situation. That's entirely up to you. <laughs> um, you want to introduce this to us, then? Yeah. So this is Gotchen Kainart, and this is um, coming out on. Finders Keepers, uh, mid-October, I think it's October 20th. Um, this is uh, one track of four, which is basically he only released two singles uh, under the Gotchen Kainart and Electronics um, band name, if you will. Um, this is one of his own compositions from there uh, that I thought was quite good, so I thought I'd bring it down. Here we go, Sirabaz.
amazing. October the 20th, that is out, and you are now going to tell me the artist, the track, and the album title. Even though I know the only thing you know is the cat number. Oh, Gotchen Kainaten, Gotchen Kainaten, and the track number is Siribaz, which I believe means wizard. Okay, so a bit more information I asked for as well. Absolutely amazing. (laughs) Out uh, October the 20th ish? Uh, No, absolutely on the nose, October 20th. Alongside Jean Claude Vanier. Absolutely. So that's going to be an expensive day for everyone listening to this show. Go I think it's going to be worth every penny, to be honest. Yeah. Um, this um, I've been working with Gotchen on this this release for over a year now, so it'd be nice to finally get it out. As I said, it's sat in the proverbial can for, I guess, 40 years. So, wow. Um, I know he's very excited. You thought he'd be more eager to get it out. Um, I think he was just waiting for the right time. Um to be honest and now more than ever I guess uh, people are looking to celebrate these old sort of uh, releases uh, or, or unreleases as yeah. the case may be I know um, say in Turkey he is quite revered he's, he's definitely been a central figure within the industry within the music scene but um, just largely uncelebrated yeah, it must be, um, if you've been recording it for 40, well, recording for 40 years, I mean, sat with this music, you must, um, and it comes to the time to release it, you must be incredibly precious and sensitive about who's releasing it, how they're releasing it, and who you need someone who's going to take care of it, essentially. Oh, you're making me blush. Yeah, presumably. <laughs> presumably that's how he's... Maybe he's just like, oh, these guys want it. I'll give it to them. No, I hope... I I, I, I think it's... Um, well, it was Mustafa Ozkent who... Um, put us together um mustafa we released his holy grail um back in what around the same time we released Zelda. um so we're saying like when we did those uh we when we were chatting sort of off mic a minute ago those those records just barely touched the sides when we put them out um i think we had all of two reviews they they didn't resonate at all and uh, going back to what i was saying earlier like these this is what I mean about a finders keepers release. These these have just taken on a life of their own, mm. and um, it's. Uh, I don't think it would be too big-headed of me to say that we, we have kind of played our part, our small part in delivering Zelda and the likes of Mustafa and Jean Claude to a wider audience, to a new audience mm-hmm. who who might not necessarily be familiar with them and sort of let their music live again because uh, to me it's it's sort of a conundrum I see all the time when I, um, if you, you swing through Smiths or whatever and you, you see Mojo Uncut and Q it's, it's the same faces every month year on year The Clash Bob Marley yeah. the canon as it were and every now and then there's like a, a tiny opportunity to kind of just poke somebody back in yeah. to re sort of uh, readjust sort of uh, the history of uh of a particular type of music or an artist and it was a lot harder than I guess it is these days uh, it was something we had to do very uh, very carefully trying to contextualize releases particularly foreign to in order to sort of trace lines for people to understand yeah. where this record existed in time and space because unless you have uh, a great understanding of Turkish culture or Turkish history um, this record's going to mean nothing to you other than sound kick ass but you wouldn't necessarily understand the poetry or the importance of but i you know i'd counter that a little bit by saying a lot of the time it doesn't matter to a listener if the music sounds fresh exciting absolutely kick-ass, you know and 
I think, you know, liner notes are wonderful things, but I don't read a huge amount of them even on Finders Keepers releases because the music is so good and fresh sounding, even if it was recorded 50 years ago. It's new to my ears and new to sort of a naive audience like myself, right? So. No, no, absolutely. I understand that. But um, I'm afraid then your geek status has kind of been kicked down a gear. Uh, it's fine. only for, for the hardcore nerds like us yeah. who, uh, who, who kind of need to cross all the T's and dot all the I's when it comes <laughs> to each record. I'm more than happy that though. The context um, gives it a, another layer, of course. But yeah, you know, listening to something like that, it's like, well, that could have been recorded you know in the last four years not in the last 40 years right and it's sounding great yeah absolutely um i think let's say that, that we always we, we have no choice but to take a lot of these records sort of on their merit um a good example i have a lot of um tamil friends who uh, i've been sharing a lot of the Ilya raj of the collywood cinema yeah. sounds with and they're just non-plus they just don't understand why we're putting songs about the evils of drink and drugs and violence next to love songs because yeah. it, it obviously makes no sense to them. But to us, the record flows nicely and, and it and From it a works. DJing point of view, it's the, the flow is beautiful. But yeah, yeah the poetry, the contextualization of it, yeah, is a bit clashing. Well, that comes back to the A best of rather than the yeah. best of, yeah, it's like our interpretation, our understanding. And, and the thing is, once we put these records out, there's only sort of, we have a finite time, obviously, to digest all this information. And say the first Jean-Claude Vanier record on L'Enfant is a very good example of this. Um, over these years, just... Uh, the puzzle has just been completed slowly and slowly. Mm -hmm. It was not just a case of finding Jean-Claude and sitting him down in one afternoon and just figuring it all out back to front. It's memory, uh, sorry, time is a, a good muddler yeah. for things. And it's it's taken a lot of conversations, a lot of uh, sort of whiskey wine soaked nights to, yeah. to try and kind of understand because the thing is again a lot of these guys don't necessarily like Zelda for example when I when we met him uh, was really keen for us to release some of her newer music and it was hard to convince her sort of where we would necessarily come from she obviously those records those songs are very important to her but as an artist she's moved on yep. she's somewhere new and as as all good artists she's not going to rest on her laurels and just yeah. sort of cling on to what has been she's going to carry on creating so when these two three pale pasty kind of england uh, english guys sort of rock up on her sofa with a piece of paper and a pen and she's going to be a bit curious it's quite interesting you talk about it you um, essentially you cur curate for a Western, I mean, you'll sell records all over the world, no doubt, but you curate for a Western, primarily British, maybe or European anyway, audience. So the story, you know, with Zelda starts there and it's you creating that story as opposed to necessarily skipping to the current day. Well, I don't know if we were curating it for anyone because I think we um, just basically rode our luck for as long as we possibly could. We were just putting out things that we really liked. And every time we sort of didn't necessarily go bust or fall flat on our asses, um, we were like, oh, brilliant, okay, well, let's do something even madder yeah. <laughs> next time. And it's, you're right, like, we do, we ship everywhere. Like, we, we, I, 
as a as an independent, as a small independent label, it's very important for me. I'm I'm really all about the grassroots element of a proper independent label. We sell direct to stores all over the world, and it's that feedback that I get, the feedback that we receive, and the love that we receive is sort of a really big motivating factor for finders keepers. Um, as I said, it's not about bottom lines. It's just a case of. Um, Oh, I wouldn't say it goes as far as the other end. I throw enough poos here, some of it sticks. It's yeah. just a case <laughs> of uh, hopefully we can sort of strike a chord. And, and as I say, like to, to sort of breed, breathe, should I say, new life into sort of the careers of Bruno, Jean-Claude, Francois. Um, but presumably as well, economics obviously comes into it. Right, you don't put out something because it's going to sell a ton of records, but you release a lot, and so there's obviously some economic success in there that enables you to do that and to have a stacked schedule. Well, uh, yeah, I'd say it, we have to sort of operate to a certain level in order to continue, um, but uh, I can only afford to heat my swimming pool three days a week, yeah. if that's what you're asking, Gary. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> no, as I said, it's, it's it, each one feeds the next, and... Um, to be honest we've got so more releases stacked than we can know what to do with at the moment we've we've already got the best part of next year all put together and more and more sort of coming along um again having such intimate access to the the works of like suzanne chiani she's always sort of bringing us new bits and bobs and as our understanding um of what she's sort of been involved in all this time again like the minute details that just seem so irrelevant and pointless to her uh is stuff that we'll just buzz about for weeks and weeks and weeks um so it's it's sort of an ongoing sort of situation really and again as uh with finders keepers the mo of the label if you even wanted to attempt to pin one on us uh, has changed over time as well our our sensibilities have changed like we're not necessarily all about one particular sound one particular vibe um we'll, we'll just keep going basically until everybody tells us to stop yeah, in, a, in a sense is um whatever you guys are feeling at the moment it hasn't gone too far away from that initial Oh, what's in my DJ bag? I want to release some records out of a later time. Well, no, I would say the, the, the current climate of reissue labels um, being as healthy as it is um, has had, a, I would say, an even healthier knock-on in the sense that it's uh, meant we've had to up our game. Everybody's had to up their game yeah. because there's so many people out there sort of leaving no stone unturned for these exotic sounds going as far away as they possibly can to the farthest sort of corners. Um, I've got a friend who's just about to release um, CBS records in, in Russia, I believe. Mm. I might be wrong. It might be one of the sort of smaller countries out there. Um, a whole bucket load of Uzbekistani sort of folk and psych. And it's, it's, it's getting... Um, it is it's getting crowded and it's you, you having to sort of be very very quick with a lot of titles but what sort of gets me uh and, and andy of course very excited is more the unreleased side the uh the nearly men the yeah. the records that haven't seen the light of day yet that that have an interesting story the that, renaissance 
another renaissance the um, resurrection sort of man <laughs> yeah absolutely well i see gotchin for example um with only two singles to his name he, he's he's well worth a reappraisal and um andy's been extremely busy over the past couple of years few years um archiving unearthing a lot of previously unheard sort of mank psych rock um bands that had recording contracts with the likes of vertigo and deram nova that mm-hmm. never made it further than studio sessions which were were recorded and had things gone the other way these would be highly sought after sort of micro vertigo pressings as well as that everybody covets so much these days and um to to our ears they i think they 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 fully warranted releases back in the day but i guess life conspired against them yeah no accounting for taste right well there well again you're looking at me sort of square in the eye when you say (laughs) that gareth but um so it's not just like digging old stuff there that you're into obviously no absolutely not Uh, andy um andy votel i'm sure um some of your listeners are well aware uh spearheaded the the twisted nerve label Badly John Boy. Alongside Badly John Boy, yeah. yeah. Um, Dakota Rogue Trio, Dave Tyak, Mum and Dad, Alfie. Um, he, he ran that for a good 10 years uh, before sort of taking a sideways step with myself with uh, Finders Keepers. Um, but we've still kind of kept our hand in there. We've, we've worked for many years with Andy's wife, Jane Weaver, uh, who's... Um, kicking ass quite frankly at the moment on fire records now isn't she absolutely uh, yeah a new record came out recently um it's getting some some really really good support she's and a wonderful london label well right. absolutely yeah um who else do we have at the moment oh rick um tomlinson uh voice of the seven woods mm-hmm. recently dropped uh a record that was so minute that even you didn't hear about no, it and i, I was uh, i don't even know still making music it's uh it, it came out of the blue uh, the first i heard of it is i got an email saying i've got something for you uh and then sure enough a couple of days later it sort of popped up in the post but um again it, some of you might know him uh better under his voice of the seven woods moniker uh he, we released an album and a 10 inch i believe mm-hmm. for him so, uh, by rick back in the day uh before he went on to voice of seven funders but then again, we did. Uh, we worked with bands like Twin Cranes from Dublin. Uh, we continue to work with the Liftmen from Bristol. Uh, I had my Battered Ornaments imprint. We were working with Wolf People, uh, put out their first singles. Eccentronic Research Council. Absolutely. I got that name right, they're with Maxine Peak. That's right, yeah. Well. The, uh, the, the Pendle Witch, the 1612 Absolutely Undertale. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, brilliant. Um, and of course, uh, they're, they're doing very well. They've gone on to. Um, Join up with oh, the chap from White Fam, Fat White Family. Oh, what's, what's the name? Uh, of Fat it? White Family. That's right. Moon Landings. Yep. Yeah, I've uh, yet to see them live. Have you caught them? They are no, but apparently they are wild. Yeah, I've the kind word. of seen the chap with like a loaf of bread seller taped to his face <laughs> and something written <laughs> on his chest. So I, I definitely need to get down and check them out. <laughs> <laughs> so you go g- give us a bit of this Rick Tomlinson. Yeah, let's seven give this, this is from. Um, Oh, what was the name of that record? If I remember correctly, it was Phases of Daylight. It was limited to 300 copies only, so it's quite scarce, but uh, it's definitely a return to form. A return to form. From our Rick.
Absolutely stunning, isn't it? Yeah, Rick uh, Tomlinson channeling the late, great Don Cherry there. We had a uh, fun uh, chat about Don Cherry, Don Cherry just now, because um, I've got it mixed up with Wild Cherry, who, of, of course, uh, who played uh, play that funky music, which uh-huh. I'm sure my dad's a big fan of. Uh, <laughs> kind of His dad isn't. Well, yeah, it's the kind of thing, uh, lots of um, sort of funk and disco that I dug out from my dad's collection once upon a time. I'm sure that was in there somewhere. Uh, yeah, I think I did that once. The best I could pull out of there was the funky Nassau. Okay. Uh, my favorite yeah, yeah. is uh, funky as it got. Oh, no, my dad, a big fan of um, very filthy disco. Back, oh. he's a, it's, do you know when you realise you don't know where you've got a certain penchant from so like I love any music that's sort of a little bit sexy a little bit dirty or a little bit cheeky it's all from my dad okay I've got just a track for you in a bit then <laughs> <laughs> is it something a little bit sexy uh, well I'm sure we have a different scales of sexy here Gareth you seem to be a seasoned professional of, of sexy <laughs> music <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's uh, yeah. That's how I do. That's just how I roll, right? Okay. It's, it's all. It's all for my dad. Uh, I'm glad there's a there's a sort of a glass window between the two of us here. Yeah. Uh, that that. But to bring it to Rick Tomlinson and the track was called. What was it? I can't read it from my final survive sunrise final morning. sunrise morning. Um. Yeah. He. What I remember, Voice of the Seven Woods. It was him on his own with a acoustic guitar doing lots of loops and effects mm-hmm. and stuff like that and sort of building up and up and up very of its time really that but also wonderful yeah it's, i would say I'm, I'm my i've got sort of very fond memories of uh, doing the likes of green man festival with him uh, yeah, of course i've definitely he, seen him at green man and he played with uh, chris warmsley incredible drummer uh he's been drum, drumming for griff reese and various other recently and pete headley on bass um then replaced by Rory Gibson, a very uh, a very nice chap out of Newcastle. But um, yeah, it's, it's it's nice to sort of see him back and and at it. But again, um, Rick has uh, been with Twisted Nerve since sort of very early on. He's been part of the extended FK family. 
But didn't, but didn't go for you for this release? Didn't need no, you? No, no, not with 300 copies. No, no. Oh, is that too too small fry for you, Gareth? <laughs> yeah, only anything over 10,000 copies. You know us, Gareth. <laughs> <laughs> so only the stuff that pays for that swimming pool. Yeah, right? exactly. Those three days. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm, I've got a track here and, you know, you we can talk a little bit about uh, this afterwards i can't remember why i put this in my bag i think i was just flicking through i was looking for a uh, bruno spurley spurley um record in my collection uh, his comp his one that he did with vermin schmidt of can uh, toy, toy planet, planet back yeah. in the 70s i was looking for that and then i stumbled upon this and i was like this is contemporary i think this is the kind of thing you might get into maybe it's not we'll see but it's um some ethiopian jazz released through uh philophon label out of berlin uh, the the chap's name is, and this is proper mispronunciation corners, Alameyu Eshete. And this track is called Autele Shenem. Um, if you're, if you're listening, uh, go to uh, myfavoritelabels.com and the track listing will be there. And all the spellings will be correct. And you can find out for yourself. But this is what it sounds like. Yeah, 
Alamayuachete have been practicing. Uh, I haven't been practicing the name of the track though, so I'm good. But I'm going to give it another go. It's Alta Leish again is definitely. Yeah, I, you I know what you go? said there. No, 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 you're quite all right. Thank you. No, you're fine. It's, it's, it's about 15 letters long, I think, without, <laughs> without actually counting them. It's released on Philophon Records, a um, Berlin label, a, a Ethiopian jazz singer. He's uh, 75 now, and that was sort of his big hit that's been re-recorded by the Philophon. Uh, band I was going to say that sounds suspiciously clean from an Ethiopian record yeah you're a man who is uh, a lot of record fairs and sort of uh, only one uh, only one there's only one that matters Utrecht and is that too why is that the only one Um, well we've had a store there for um, quite a few years now uh, to be honest but it's it's um, there's nothing quite like it to be honest it's like four football pitches of records um when we first started to go um it, it was sort of mainly european dealers yeah uh, and collectors but now it's with the current sort of vinyl climate there they have all sorts of covered in sort of moroccan turkish records mexican pressings brazilian records um so if you've got if you've sort of been a good boy and saved your money oh girl um saved your pocket money over the sort of the preceding six months you can get down there in april or november and uh, come home without a pot to yeah <laughs> with some very badly produced ethiopian records uh, perhaps. sometimes yeah from time to time yeah it's uh it's one area of the world you don't really tend to touch as a label um no it's i, I don't think it's through design i wouldn't say it's through design to be honest um for me as a collector it's not something i tend to come across uh 
on the side of the label, uh, I've been sort of very fortunate as part of sort of Finders Keepers activities to, to do a lot of DJ and a lot of traveling for licensing as well. And we always like to combine sort of the best of both worlds, really. If I have a gig somewhere, I'll sort of get up, crack a door and do all the flea markets, do all the record shops, have a chat. And uh, essentially that's what sort of keeps the label sort of thriving. That's what keeps releases coming in, just this... this sort of constant accumulation of knowledge is constant reaching so, out so tell me about this right so as a we've we've already established that i'm an incredibly naive western music fan <laughs> and, but the idea of going to you know istanbul or anywhere in the world really going into africa or anywhere um and record and crate digging is just an incredibly intimidating thing so if you go over to somewhere because you're playing or whatever what do you look for in a flea market in amongst presumably thousands of, you know, fairly indistinguishable records? Well, you know, not only have you earned, well, I wouldn't say you've earned your tag, given yourself this tag of this Westerner, but you've also shown your age because there was always a time uh, prior to Discogs and YouTube and the internet and mobile phones in particular, Mm -hmm. that's the killer these days when... I would be sort of at flea markets or record collectors would be at flea markets and you would have to go by the telltale signs. Who's on the record, who produced it, what labels it on, um, when was it made, where was it made? And then ultimately I've said, I don't think it's beyond any sort of record collector to just take a punt on the cover alone. So uh, I've you, definitely done that with amazing there results. You go. Exactly, as have I, but I've also come back with a lot of guff. Oh, well, there's um, there's a shop in New York called The Thing. Have you been there before? I haven't. It's in, um, I think it's in Brooklyn. It's certainly on that side of the river. And it's essentially their basement. Just If you're on the internet now, just go Google The Thing New York and Google image search. And it's just a, this basement of thousands and thousands, tens, probably hundreds of thousands of records just in piles and just all sorts of quality of non-quality just it's a i'm going in february so i'll have a look very very cheap it's um but one thing that i i came back from new york a few years ago now with a big pile of records and most of it was awful apart from this one record which unfortunately i don't have with me but on the cover of it it was just this uh, it was just this black guy in a sauna with a towel wrapped around him with two blonde white girls either side were you on the lookout for sexy disco i was (laughs) it's a it's by a group who i know nothing about and you know the internet doesn't make this any clearer but it's a group called un and the lead track on it is called hot lover and it if if you ever see me dj disco there's that (laughs) always 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 comes on it's absolutely magnificent you'll have to play this for me when we finish up and we head to the you're right so it's it's only like 10 minutes long it's upsettingly short but (laughs) (laughs) i'd happily have that on for the well we've got half an hour left of this show i'd happily play that three times right sold i'll I'll be tuning in (laughs) next week ready for that but no, it's uh, yeah, you know. So, you but say- to me, this is this is like the, the um, it's record collecting one hundred and one for me. As a, as a sort of young man, like if I had a sort of finite amount of cash to burn, um, just talking to people, talking to a record shop owner, it's the, it's just the one saving grace for Utrecht as well. Um, fair enough, there's not a lot of stuff you can't find online these days, mm-hmm. uh, but t- just chat to the record shopper and chat to the dealers like tell them what you like tell them what you're looking for and again it's this 
this weird kind of uh, climate these days is kind of um, secret squirrel kind of keeping it on the low down. It's like well, you're not going to get very far if you kind of cover up everything nice. you're looking for and what you're after and where you're getting it from. It's just sharing a bit of knowledge yeah. goes a long way. Which well, should be a social thing, right? Music, I mean, we're Absolutely. here having a chat, playing records that we like, you know, that's how it should be really. So it seems a bit disheartening if it's this sort of secret economical sort of Thing. Well, I think there's always going to be people like that in, in any kind of sort of sphere, really. But um, as I say, it's if it's a choice between having to sort of jettison a load of clothes at the airport for a load of rubbish records you're only going to take yeah. down to MVE when you get back, it's um, it sort of pays just to have a chat. Like I say, you never know what, what you'll turn up. Yeah. And um, so I've just been playing what I've been listening to, which is essentially 70s Ethiopian jazz, <laughs> keeping it contemporary. Recorded right? in 2016. Yeah, well, yeah, they recorded uh, more recently than that. Um, what have you been listening to? Um, well, surprisingly, I, I don't really listen to or have the opportunity to listen to a lot of contemporary music. I do um, sort of keep an ear out. For, for new sounds but uh, I'm invariably buried in some sort of uh, old obscure random scene or other um, but uh, there's still a couple of sort of groups I, I kind of keep an ear out for um, uh, like we were discussing earlier um, I have a very soft spot for Joanna Newsom. I was very sort of much looking forward to her new record last year and um, I was quite surprised to see um, the new Do Makes A Think record drop okay. this year completely out of the blue it's the first one I think they've done in sort of five or six years but um, I've always been a big fan of Constellation in, in Canada yeah, Godspeed Your Black Emperor Colin Stetson as well Fly too. Pan Am yeah. uh, all, all these kind of groups and I've, I've always loved the aesthetic um to just uh, say going back with bands like Mogwai, Chemical Underground, I've, I was always a big fan of those indie scenes and whatnot. So uh, uh, it might not necessarily be new music, but uh, I guess it's uh, new to me. So yeah. I thought I'd bring down a track from um, from their new record, um, Stubborn Persistent Illusions, uh, and it's called Bound. Cool.
do make so think uh, scaring me with that ending, that sort of abrupt sort of on off odd off thing, or was that with you pausing it? The the loud quiet dynamic yes. that uh, can only mean post rock. Yes, certainly can. <laughs> That's pretty much is it. Is it one of those bands that I've heard the name but never heard their music? Well, I think um, again, that's kind of possibly uh, one of the reasons I'm a big fan of or the allure of Constellation is there's um, a distinct lack of celebrity around yeah. what they do they, they they just sort of get the records out they're always packaged beautifully yeah. always beautifully made uh, they very rarely tour a lot of the groups although I think um, Godspeed are back over next month they're playing the Troxy yeah they're definitely yeah back um, on tour but yeah as I said it's, it's, it's just one of those uh, those records it just kind of comes out. I wouldn't say it's necessarily new but it's uh, new do make say think if that makes sense yeah for sure did you um, ever hear that Colin Stetson and Sarah Neufeld LP on Constellation can't say I did another beautifully packaged uh, vinyl record and they did actually tour it Sarah Neufeld in fact both of them played in Arcade Fire her more so he, she was more of a permanent member than he okay. is um, but that sounds nothing like Arcade Fire in the slightest it's very sort of heavy um, layered saxophone and vi- she's a violinist he's a saxophonist of you know massive saxophone proportions a sax offender <laughs> a sax offender okay. for sure that's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's for sure and, <laughs> I know we um, talked briefly sort of the economics of uh, Finders Keepers but what if we're talking about uh, records that had been really successful for you what uh, well, in in terms of, I guess, kudos as opposed to necessarily sales and income, um, the Moomins has um, been e- extremely popular uh, over the past year. I think we dropped it just after Christmas, actually. Um, and rightly so, that I think um, it's hard to go wrong, really. It, it sort of crosses generations, crosses borders. It's... it's it, they are sort of iconic aren't they yeah for sure um but there's something even more distinctly iconic about this soundtrack it being sort of specific to the uk only i I don't know um did you watch when you were a kid i can't say i did i think i'm showing my age my youthful I would have missed it first time round, but yeah. it was definitely sort of repeated after the fact. Cause Something I was aware of for sure, but I can't recall watching it. Yeah, kid. I don't. It, it wasn't really sort of repeated ad nauseum as like sort of a lot of that classic kind of uh, kids' TV mm-hmm. that was around when, when we were a bit younger. Um, but it's obviously it's Tove Jansen, uh, Finnish origin. But this particular production was um, part. Polish part, sort of Austro-German, okay. produced uh, by two studios, Jupiter Film and Semaphore, both very, very well-known, very famous studios, um, and it was primarily produced for European TV, for German, uh, Austrian, and for Polish, and it had this sort of very quaint, very trad kind of jazz score, uh, and it was picked up for screening in the UK, and the soundtrack duties were given to two wild-eyed Leeds Polytechnic drama students who just pretty much sat in their living room uh, at uni uh, with a load of wasp synthesizers and homemade drum machines yeah. and, and put together this just, just completely unique, uh, just really eerie soundtrack that I think 
is just as important and is just as kind of embedded in people's psyche as the movements itself, the stories, which uh, I don't know, again, if you if you get around to watch it again, they, they can be particularly dark. It's one of those things, isn't it? You uh, see it again with adult eyes and you sort of a bit... Uh, I, take yeah. Double take on it a it, little. It, it kind of sort of my draw jaw hit the floor when I, I remember sort of watching it a f- sort of few years back revisiting it and there's a particular episode where the lady uh, of the of winter comes along and if you stare her in the eyes you freeze to death and um this squirrel sort of looks her dead in the eyes like boom dead so they put him on the back of this ice horse and then the ice horse runs off to valhalla and it's like that's the whole episode yeah, it's uh, uh, perfect for kids, right? Uh, exactly, yeah, yeah. Off to bed. There yeah. you go. <laughs> and obviously uh, the soundtrack that we're going to play now is obviously perfect for kids as well. Uh, absolutely, yeah. But it's uh, this is, uh, again, another sort of Finders Keepers first, if you will. It's resurrected um, from um, the, the sort of dusty tins in the back of Graham Miller's uh, shed, um, duly restored and, and sort of put back out. And again, people get to sort of... Uh, relive those old memories i guess and uh but also the fact that it's a i, I think it's sort of an amazing feat of yeah. sort of home produced uh so i don't even know how you describe it you tell me when we're done all right let's give it a go right this is midwinter rights
perfect for kids. It's uh, the Moomins, right? How would you describe it then, Gary? Um, well, actually, at first, I, well, the first thing I said to you was like, oh, sort of like the Stranger Things soundtracks. It was a little bit eerie, but as it actually got going, it was more tribal. I'd more equate it with like clap clap someone like that uh, sort of any sort of tribal electronic music producer now black acre or ninja tune those sorts of things okay go with that yeah no why not absolutely i mean it's uh yeah completely unlike uh well not like you'd expect to you know a children's tv show to sound like well, that's, yeah that's what i'm saying in terms of um just how unique it was it's uh, i think uh, a lot of people remember the sort of the tone of the movements just as much as as the characters themselves yeah. and i think the soundtrack was integral to that really you know, if it's called midwinter Rises, rights rights you know it's a kind of yeah suggests the sound of music that it actually is as well well yeah absolutely i think uh, again if you sort of look at some of the themes and the topics that that, that goes on in the movements um i, I couldn't think of uh, sort of anything better to put to it really Something uh, we all need to go and investigate again, rewatch. I think. Absolutely. Well, hopefully they'll screen it. I think um, it, it's quite difficult to um, to find a DVD box oh, set really? these days, but uh, I'm sure you can find them all on YouTube. Yeah, I'm sure it's like YouTube or Netflix or someone would have. Uh, oh, not Netflix! It I up. guarantee you, not Netflix. Oh. Sure. <laughs> um, so we, as always on this show, we're sort of rapidly running out of time and we chat a lot, but I don't, we skirted around the sort of start of Finders Keepers and how, how it actually became, because you were working at Cherry Red, a well-renowned independent label. Yeah, it's correct? still going strong, absolutely. And Andy Votel was working, well, he was doing Twisted Nerve with Badly yep. Drawn Boy and people like that. How did you guys come together for... Yeah, Finders Keepers. Well, I actually, I'd met Andy uh, when I was at university. I went to university in Staffordshire. Um, and as a big fan of Twisted Nerve and Ballad Drum Boy back in the day, um, I kind of sort of managed to, 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 to get in touch with the guys and do some work with them um, in the office in Manchester for sort of throughout my three years up there. And then when I came back to, to London, uh, stayed in touch with Andy, uh, sort of potted around doing various bits and bobs, uh, like for PR companies and whatnot, sort of settled with Cherry Red, um, at which point sort of Andy uh, approached me with the idea of doing a compilation um, on our very short-lived sort of sub-label for Cherry Red called Folk is Not a Four-Letter Word, um, which, again, when we talk about sort of in context of uh, Voice of the Seven Woods and that kind of new folk movement, this was a very important record, I think. It did mm. very well. Um, it, it struck a very big chord. Um, and, of, the, of course, the the back of the success of that, we did Prog is not a four-letter word. Uh, folk is not a four-letter word, too. We were planning a glam edition, and there was also to be a jazz one, but we never kind of got round to it because... Uh, one sort of boozy afternoon down by Putney Bridge, um, uh, and he presented me with um, L'Enfant Assassin de Mouchet yeah. um, and suggested it, it might be time for us to, to sort of branch out on our own and set up our own label. And funnily enough, he'd already thought of a name yeah. and had the logo put together, um, which leads us very nicely uh, into our next record, which happens to be the compilation from which Andy took that name, um, Finders Keepers, uh, which was released on Fat City some years before, um, co-compiled 
uh, with another member of the Votel crew uh, named Boney. I'm not sure a lot of people are aware, but Votel isn't actually Zandi's surname. It stands for Violators of the English Language. Okay, right. And uh, it's a remnant of Andy's old hip-hop career because he also released records for... Uh, Manchester's Grand Central, uh, as well as his own Twisted Nerve and, mm-hmm. uh, and Excel, of course. Um, so, yeah, it's... A, it's um, I, lo- I love this compilation. I have it in the car. Uh, it's kind of tame by today's standards, in a way, but uh, it sort of evokes a lot of memories for me because this was... Uh, was sort of reasonably sort of out there at the time as a lot of this stuff is very unheard of so if i were to say to you now there's a serge gansberg track on there nino <laughs> ferrer you're probably like what that's rubbish everybody knows there my nan's got that on cd yeah. <laughs> um but back then say this was uh very much ahead of its time before you guys came along and well, well, back, right? well everybody yeah until the sort of scene blew up and sort of uh, uh, the internet kind of ruined it for everybody (laughs) (laughs) doesn't it always Um, so what's this uh, so what are you going to play from it so I believe we're going to go for um, a track by um, the group Isis and this is April Fool which originally came out on Buddha
So I'm gonna say, I love a bit of like a fluty funk sort of goodness. Have you ever heard? Um, whenever I hear a flute, like a funky flute solo, I always think of Roma Sandaran, Samu Sandaran, Electronic Heart. Um, came out. It was Cinedelic, I think. An Italian label just did a reissue of um, his album, but it was uh, Leng Records, the uh, Psych Magic, uh, Magic Circles, I think, was the compilation where that came on. But okay, no, it doesn't that ring is a bell. Bonkers. Okay, uh, as see. bonkers as the name Romu Sandaran, Somu Sandaran sounds. <laughs> <laughs> you did kind of lose me then. It's very hypnotic oh, when yeah, you said it's a that. Little, it's, a little, it's almost like I've been practicing. But did you that. pronounce it correctly? I've got no idea. I'd have, uh-huh. to, I'd have to go and ask him. I'd have to get that label in it. I know him as Dave. Yes, yeah, it's just Romy. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah, um, see, a, a really, really important compilation, I think, uh, from back in the day. Um, Sort of, uh, are you aware of like the breaks and beats comps? Yeah, the, yeah. the very seminal sort of series. I think um, there's a few out there like the country phone, uh, folk funk comps. Should I say? Sorry, yeah. is is sort of on a par. These um, sort of very forward thinking at the time. Um, but there you have. You asked, and there you have it. That's it. That's where. That's where it started. That's where it all began. Uh, as all good ideas are studying. Um, but we are going to try and cram in two tracks into the last five minutes of this show. What yeah. have you got? Uh, so, yeah, quickly, I guess uh, we've got another new release coming up on Friday. Um, the superb Emma De Angelis. Uh, this is really great. I was listening to it on the way over. Yeah, brilliant. Um, a, a very sort of minor, criminally minor figure in Italian library scene. Uh which, as we all know, is very male-orientated. Even though um, you released that Daniela Casa. Absolutely, Casa. again, but now we'd love to say, going back to the whole sort of uh, reappraisal sort of situation, yeah. um, that, that people are finally sort of getting their dues, thankfully. And I'm not sort of uh, saying uh, it's, it's entirely down to our sterling work. Obviously, we play a part in it, but people are looking a bit deeper. But uh, Emma was the sister of Guido and Maurizio De Angelis, who... Um, were famous for releasing sort of pop singers under the name of Oliver Onions and um, I do forget it's Dream Bags okay. was the other outfit. Uh, also worked in a lot of soundtracks and scores at the time. But uh, of her tiny, tiny outputs, um, we've kind of put together the the cream of the crop, as it were, for this uh, seven-inch single. A best of, not the best. Uh, a few bests of. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, so this is forgiveness. Forgiveness. 
the sounds of Emma Dan Gallis. Track is called Forgiveness. Out on Finders Keepers this Friday. This Friday, indeed, yeah, seven inch. Let's say I, I, we are out of time. So I'm going to say thank you so much, Doug, for joining us. Thank you for wet- having me down on this lovely wet day. I know, right? Getting you up to deepest, darkest North <laughs> London. Um, if I want to buy all records from Finders Keepers, which I do, where do I go? Uh, you can either go to our website or any good record shop. So finderskeepersrecords.com? That's correct. It is. Um, I'm going to say thank you so much for listening. Uh, MyFavoriteLabels.com. Give us a like on Facebook. If you uh, want to subscribe to all the shows, they're on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, In a fortnight's time, I'm joined by uh, Johan from Pure Niceness Records, a French dancehall label, completely different to what we've been listening to today, but still equally brilliant. I'm going to just play a quick track from them. This is Asher Senator and Boney fly and this is called tick tick boom thanks so much for listening now the youth them have this sound system tin pan lock asha senator shock you them are the cream of the crop listen Hey yo, the youth them have this thing and them a lock the area. Them a bill up for them sound and them a cause a mania. And the music them producer people say superior. Hear the lyrics them a spit I say the dance a fire. Them have this sound thing pan lock. Me say the youth them have this sound thing pan lock. Me tell you say them have this sound thing pan lock. Yeah, me say them have this sound thing pan lock. We have to rate the youth them sound system. Big man have to rate the youth them sound system. Woman have to rate the youth them sound system. Man we have to rate the youth them sound system. Back in the day we used to do this thing proper. Now the youth them graduate and them a take it over. Fill up for them sound and them a drop some heavy power. Stack up for them speaker higher than the Eiffel Tower. Take it to the studio, some of them a big producer. Twice a veteran, I like the one as a senator. Some of them a writer, me say some of them a spitter. Wear them both in the wristband, the Facebook and the Twitter. Respect the youth, them cause them build them amplifier. The youth, them know the singer from the speaker to the wire. Mash up in the dance, them a youth a top selector. Anyway, them play, you know the people have to follow. Go on, you're my youth and you a big time entertainer. Sound where you a drop, even the big man have a prouder. Pick up with the youth, them and the sound system forever. Salute the sound, you them on the corner. The youth, them have this thing and them a lock the area. Them a build up for them sound and them a cause a mania. And the music, them producer people say superior. Hear the lyrics, them a spit, I say the dance a fire. Them have this sound thing pan lock. Me say the youth, them have this sound thing pan lock. Me tell you, say them have this sound thing pan lock. Yeah, me say them have this sound thing pan lock. We have to rate the youth, them sound system. Big man have to rate the youth, them sound system. Woman have to rate the youth, them sound system. Man, we have to rate the youth, them sound system. Me say the youth, them have the vibe and so them have the discipline. We build up for them sound and hold up the sound thing. We love it when the youth, them play a dub, play a rhythm. And play the thing we make the people dance and sing. The youth, them know the system, say them big are foreign. The first time when me hear them, say me rock and me swing. Me big up for them thing and give them the blessing. Cause when they come to sound youths have this thing the youth them have this thing and them a lock the area them a build up for them sound and them a cause a mania and the music them producer people say superior hear the lyrics them a spit I say the dance a fire them have this sound thing pan lock me say the youth them have this sound thing pan lock me tell them say them have this sound thing pan lock yeah me say them have this sound thing pan lock listen tick tick boom tick tick boom use a mash up dance like it a cartoon tick tick boom Tick, tick, boom Them from the dancing to Looney Tunes Give me 
with the camera, let me turn on the zoom. I forget the footage when the youths are play too. Set up for them sonar like a flower, them bloom. Mash up in the park, in the dance and in the room. You them in the studio from evening to noon. Them my fire lyrics like them a harpoon. Produce the music that the people consume. Who not like it? Face them too. The youth, them have this thing and them a lock the area. Them a pill up for them sound and them a cause a mania. And the music, them producer people say superior. Hear the lyrics, them a spit, I say the dance a fire. Them have this sound thing pan lock. Me say the youth, them have this sound thing pan lock. Me tell you, say them have this sound thing pan lock. Yeah, me say them have this sound thing pan lock. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.